Warning. I'm wrong. You are wrong. He's wrong. She's wrong. They're wrong. We're wrong. You're all wrong. The plural you is wrong. Uh, seriously. Seriously wrong. Maybe something's wrong. You're dead wrong. Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by The Wrong Thing to Do. You might not always know what the right thing to do is, but you usually know what the wrong thing to do is, so just don't do that. Proud sponsor of the Seriously Wrong podcast. Hello and welcome to Confirmation Bias News. I am your co-host, Sean. And I am the other co-host, Aaron. Uh, we try to do the news uh, every week and cover what's going on in Wrong Town, which is a very uh, special place in our hearts. That's the place where we all live. And it's uh, exciting times right now in Wrong Yeah, a lot's going on. A lot's going on. As you all know, Wrong Town's former mayor for life, Dictator Bill, died last week. Mm -hmm. Tanks rolled into town. He didn't make it. Yeah. And people are excited because Wrong Town is about to experience its very first democratic mayoral election. This is going to be the first time in our history where we have a free and democratic election for mayor of Wrong Town. We've taken the old system where you have a mayor for life who controls every aspect of your life and we've thrown that out and thanks to some of our very well-armed friends we're now converting to a full democracy it's a lot of choice it's a lot of pressure under dictator bill it was easy you get up in the morning you sing the dictator bill song love the dictator bill song i hope that doesn't go away completely oh it almost definitely will yeah bittersweet but although i'm gonna miss my servant attitude towards the dictator mayor for life and how easy that was and how limited my choice was which made it very freeing in a way yeah exactly you know you can get overwhelmed with choice yeah, if there's one type of peanut butter you just grab the peanut butter if there's 30 types you're there for two hours yeah and if the one type of peanut butter is mayor for life and dictator and tells you what to do it's it's easy so we're moving from the smooth sailing waters of life under dictator bill into the chunky peanut butter of, of, of dictatorship. Of I mean, no, democracy. <laughs> Get this Sorry. confused. Yeah, I'm still, mm. still well, reeling, really, from his death. So, as a very special confirmation bias news report on democracy, we have a meet the candidate session with all of the mayoral candidates in uh, Rongtown's first race. So, uh, maybe just a quick round of applause for our guests. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. Um, this is exciting. It's an all-male field this year. Yeah, diversity way down. Well, there's nothing to come down from, but... You can only, and you can only, only go, go up go from up. here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, who's our first candidate for mayor? He is a entertainer, former wrestler, actor, writer, director, editor, animator and musician. His name is Dwayne Johnson, but you might know him as The Rock. I can smell what The Rock is cooking, Mr. Johnson. I'm a huge fan. Well, thank you. <laughs> I used to wrestle, but now I'm in film. 
And now you're moving into politics. Fascinating, fascinating. So what would you say is your main platform plank for Wrongtown? Where do you want to see, what direction do you want to see us heading in? Well, I think I've been clear for years. Who does my elbow belong to? Uh, the people. Absolutely. Yeah, the people's elbow. And I bring that spirit with me everywhere I go. I've noticed. First wrestling is The Rock. I was in great shape back then. Yeah, uh, still in great shape. Uh, well, thanks. But I mean, There's some hard you know, I'm muscles. getting older. I have to admit, I mean, I was, I was much more fit then. And that's okay to age that way. But you can catch my body in Baywatch to see how I'm doing. You can also catch my body in Hercules. Oh, can't wait for that to come out. It's a 2014 film, actually. But you Mr. Didn't, you didn't Johnson, catch her I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. It is no problem. It's no problem. If you want to come over, actually, I've got a big movie studio in oh. my house. We can watch old WWF. It was called WWF back then, actually. Right. WWE now. But back in my day, so long ago, WWF. Could we watch Hercules? Yes. No, I have all my movies. Well, I hate to do this. And it, just let me say, you have my vote. But unfortunately, we do have to interview the other candidates. Our next candidate for mayor, now this is an exciting, fresh voice, Ooh. not a party insider. Like, Definitely uh, don't recognize this one from any movies. This guy is yet to make his debut. You're skipping straight to politics. Why aren't you going through wrestling and acting first? Oh, I'm just kidding. His name is Mushroom Man, and he's hoping to become Mushroom Mayor. Thanks for being here, Mushroom Man. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. If you could sum up your priorities for our city in a, just a quick snapshot, what would you say? Well, the first thing I would say is that, did you know that mushrooms are biologically, DNA, closer to humans than they are to plants? Wow, really? Totally. How, how does that work? kind of feel like they're our cousins, and I feel like they're a good metaphor for what we need to do to Wrongtown. Uh, far out. Has this ever been tried before? Well, actually, before... There were trees on the planet, if you can imagine it. The world was covered with giant mushrooms. What? You know, 25, 30, 100 feet tall. I don't remember, but very tall mushrooms. So, yeah, I got to say this has been tried before, and it lasted for millions of years. That is incredible. Mushroom spores are made of chitin, and they could survive in space. A lot of people think mushrooms came here from space, and I'm here to say that they did. Wow, that is radical stuff. Peace peace to you, brother. And we've also got, um, sorry, let me just look at my passively neoliberal bus driver. It's a pleasure to have you here. Anyone who's ridden the wrong town bus knows you already. You're a wrong town staple. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pleasure uh, yeah. to have you here. It's a pleasure uh, yeah, to have you. People do know me. So well, thank you. It's, it's great to be on. A lot of people see you as kind of the pragmatic candidate out of the bunch. Yeah. Would you say that that's accurate or inaccurate? Well, this is something I learned all the years, the road, right? <laughs> Some things are just the way they are, and that's how it is. So true. So your platform includes privatizing everything. Yes. <laughs> I'm not willing to fight against reality. Powerful stuff. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the show today. And lastly, our final candidate is named, uh, what, what was that again? I always forget this one. Principled, sincere, incorruptible candidate. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great I, uh, to have you on the show. I'm excited for democracy, and I'm excited to remove corruption, make sure that people have 
opportunities in Wrongtown to fulfill their dreams, to get food and shelter and just bring about the future that we collectively decide that we want. That's what democracy is about to me. And that's that's what I would facilitate as a leader. I wouldn't even call myself a leader. I'd just call myself a facilitator. Mm. So some people in Wrongtown are saying that you have no plan that you want to steal everyone else's other ideas, that you have no ideas of your own, and that you're kind of a narcissistic psychopath. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I do like to use the best ideas no matter where they came from. I always give credit. I'm not stealing uh -huh. ideas or saying they came from me. I do experience emotions, empathy, love. I'm in love with a beautiful man right now. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm a psychopath. Another thing now, you know, it brings me no pleasure to bring this up, but your father, serial killer Ed Gein, killed dozens of women. Ed Is that Gein. Uh, no, I don't. I'm not really into serial killer lore. Like, I think I've heard that name before, Ed Gein. It sounds familiar, but this is definitely not my father. Uh, that's a lie. Now, we got a Facebook post here from 2007 where you're saying, I love my dad. Yes. And I was wondering why you love Ed Gein, the serial killer. No, again, definitely don't support Ed Gein. There's no connection between me and Ed Gein. Actually, I'm just looking up on my phone now, and it seems like Ed Gein died three years before I was even born. Okay, well, I mean, we can change the subject if you don't want to talk about your dad. Uh, we could talk about other things. So I was wondering what your stance is on bowls made from human skulls. Bowls made from human skulls? Yeah, like a, a bowl to eat out of, made out of a carved human skull. Did Ed Gein do that? Is yeah, that when searching uh, Ed Gein's house near childhood home, authorities found bowls made from human skulls, a corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulders to waist. Doesn't ring any bells? Ed Gein was arrested in the 50s. I was literally not born for 30 years after that. <clears throat> Can you comment on the belt that your father made from female human nipples? Did he pass that down to you or was that confiscated by authorities? Belt from human... Is that something that you wear around? asking me. No, Jesus. So Can we talk you... about my policy positions or... What's your policy on a lampshade made from the skin of a human face? I'm against it. I'm Of course I'm against it. It's just, Isn't that uh... a change from your earlier position? No. All right. Well, that's all the time yeah, it's a we pleasure have to... for uh, this last final candidate. Oh, I should mention, though, just in the uh, local Wrongtown chapter of the Ed Gein fan club has expressed their support for incorruptible political candidate who wants to just do the right thing. Mm. They're th throwing their support behind him anyway, but you know, I'm just, I can't wait to see how this plays out. I mean, if I were a betting man, I'd say Dwayne The Rock Johnson's going to take this. Definitely, um, me too. I'm going to guess that Little Gein is probably going to lose, maybe resign in disgrace. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Thank you all so much for listening to Confirmation Bias News. We try to bring you the news every week. Exclusive interviews, local politicians. You know, this is exciting stuff. Tell your friends. Totally state-sponsored stuff. So this is publicly subsidized radio. If you don't listen to it, you're stealing from yourself because you paid for it. So what does it mean to be wrong? It's something that was floating around early and naming the, the podcast seriously yeah. wrong. Like I think one of our first statements to the audience is about how wrongness provides a framing where you can figure out correctness. Yeah, well, like I think... Before you can articulate what is right, a lot of the time you have to articulate what is wrong to like have a comparison or to see what it to, to just try things out. Well, I mean, there's wrong is in incorrect, like being wrong that you've said something that's not true, but then you also have wrong is in like that's morally wrong. And I mean, being 
factually inaccurate is maybe sometimes mixed up for being morally inaccurate, or maybe even sometimes does have an overlap, because if you believe in facts that aren't true, you can come to conclusions that don't follow from reality and then have a moral misstep because of that. Yeah, well, like a lot of the times people, it seems like the reason they're factually wrong is because they're motivated to believe those facts because of some moral wrongness. There is often, they intermesh in ways that aren't merely incidental. At the same time, I feel like there needs to be space for individuals to be wrong. We, we sort of carry ourselves sometimes with this idea, not just us personally, but like political thinkers and talkers as people who have like already have it figured out, who like haven't had missteps along the way that don't have to change their position based on new information. Like there's sort of an ideological undercurrent where you have to sort of pretend that on some level it's a face that people put up to be taken more seriously. Yeah. Well, like, and it's hard to interact in the world constantly signaling humility or like even like even if you have humility deep down or like if you take a second to think about it like oh yes I'm not 100% sure on that if you're in the context of trying to convince people of your position or like butt ideas together you have to act yeah it's like a subtle social thing about being taken seriously is having that sort of confidence in your own position yeah but also just like effectiveness of communication like sometimes people who try very hard to be very nuanced and very articulate end up sounding like they're not saying anything. Mm. It's like this political speak of like, oh, you're a little bit right and you might be a little bit right and they have a point here. And like, we do that a lot, but sometimes we're just like, nah, everybody should have access to food. That's the way it is. That's right. People who don't think that are wrong. Ooh, I mean, and technically, uh, maybe there was a shortage and you have to figure out something or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's just not, we just, nobody should think that's ideal. There should be shortages. <laughs> I'm in favor of shortages. I think it it is important to carry with you, even if it's something that you're not necessarily like always broadcasting by having a hand wringing sort of caveat before you ever say anything that admits that you haven't read every book on the subject or admits that you (laughs) that you're a fallible human being who's only going off of their own impressions of the world. And you're not making a declarative permanent statement about the nature of reality that can't be overwritten. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I mean, although that is sort of the way that you have to speak, you know, I used to try to say more like, I think from my perspective, this and this and this, it's much more potent and effective to just say, this is how it is. Yeah. And then you have to all sort of understand that, including the person saying it, that, that that doesn't mean you're making a permanent, irrevocable statement about the nature of reality itself. It's based on your perceptions and it, it has to be malleable to future interference by new information or alternative perspectives. Yeah, yeah. It's something like the necessary sort of confidence that like just makes communication easier and makes butting ideas up against each other. The structure of it work is something that can also trick us sometimes into not not forgetting that we can be wrong because I don't think anyone if you just ask them hey might you be wrong on some things there's very few people who would say absolutely not I am right on everything I've had the same view since I was a baby and they were always right and they'll remain right forever like they, those people exist but there's very few of them but like you forget that it's not that you don't know it but you don't embody it it is it's a weird tricky line to walk and I think we oscillate back and forth on the show. One of the reasons I like the name Seriously Wrong was because 
if we were wrong about something or if someone said they didn't like anything, we could just say, oh, yeah, no, see, we're wrong. We're seriously wrong. It's a pretty weak, pathetic <laughs> point. But like, I remember having that thought early on and being like, it's a protective mechanism against people who might disagree. But I mean, like moral wrongness. We've always sort of celebrated being incorrect on the show, but tried to condemn unequivocally like real moral wrongness, like cruelty, starvation, poverty, and so on. Yeah, we've never made the case that maybe there's something positive about cruelty or that like <laughs> it would be, you know, there, there's a case to be made that maybe you should sometimes be needlessly cruel to people, you know? No, 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 we're open-minded. Yeah, we haven't done that. So we've definitely drawn some some moral lines in the sand. I mean, and you have to have a position. I mean, I mean humility is obviously important and, and being willing to shift position based on new information and stuff like that. That's really important. But like, you can't just float around being like, well, some people think this, some people think this, some people think this. My position is nothing. My position is merely that some people think all these other six positions <laughs> I laid out. I'm a Rolodex of everyone else's <laughs> opinions, but myself, I don't really. I'm taking the hardline position that there is approximately six different stances on this issue held by different people. That's my hardline position. Mm -hmm. But which of the six do you believe in? Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm mush. Either I'm somewhere in between or none of them. I'm not sure. And now a short message sponsored by the Wrongtown Arts and Development Council. Today, a history of the mythology of the matriarch of Wrongtown. Now, many people think that the Wrongtown matriarch has been at the top of Mount Wrong on her perch for as long as 1,000 years. Experts aren't so sure. Many have suggested that she went up there as recently as 1992. What we do know for sure is that she scaled Mount Wrong and built herself a palace out of rock all by herself mm -hmm. using her own designs and she even built central heating. It's said by many that she has a perfect mind and can control stone with her hands like the finest artists. Residents of Wrongtown have long relied on her wisdom to guide them through difficult times. But getting up there isn't always easy. Out of everyone who climbs Mount Wrong to go meet the matriarch, only 40% return successful. Though dangerous, many people say that it was the most rewarding experience of their life. So, back to the show. Welcome back to the Wrongtown Who's Lobbying Who update. It's a little known fact that Wrongtown has some of the harshest and strongest anti-lobbying laws in the country. Every lobbying meeting must be recorded in full and published within 50 years of its recording. Here are some records that have just become public about the first election that Wrongtown ever had. First, candidate Terrence Fleming meeting with the mushroom lobby. Yeah, so remember what we went over, okay? We want to... Keep the E. coli on the mushrooms. Exactly. We want to get rid of the regulation that says we have to wash the E. coli off of mushrooms. People can wash the E. coli off at home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if we want him to agree to those terms, we need to do a big ask first. Right. Then big meet ask, him halfway. Yes. So I'm thinking we'll just lay out the whole mushroom platform and then we'll sort of whittle him back. Okay. Hi, Charles. Well, hey, man. Hey, Weed Lord, actually. They call me Weed Lord McBongBong. Kind of <laughs> a big deal at Occupy Wrongtown. Okay, well, uh, by the time we're done this meeting, you'll be calling yourself Mushroom Mayor. Mushroom Mayor? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. First, you know, I'm from the Mushroom Lobby. I'm not going to hide it. I love mushrooms. I'm front. I like it. Okay. 
I want you to imagine a time in ancient history, a time before trees. Done. No trees. What do you have instead? Enormous mushrooms. Look, mushrooms, they're a food source. They feed on E. coli and oil. They can eat anything. They're essential in creating fertile soil to grow food. Oh, man. So, like, we could base our whole society on mushrooms. Yes. Yes. You get it. Know what? I knew you were a smart guy coming in. Mushroom Utopia, man. I'm on board. Let's do it. I'm Mushroom Man. You're going to change your name to Mushroom Man. Legally. Let's do it. You got some lawyers here? Uh, Yes, we do. One second. Holy shit. Oh, that was really easy. Yeah. You did a great job. Thank you. I mean, I, I think the guy's really susceptible to... Suggestions. This yeah. is going to be great. So, yeah. So, this is the uh, the form, the paperwork. We just had our lawyers print it off. And you can legally change your name to Mushroom Man. But you have to do it now. No problem, man. When I make a decision, I commit to it. So... That is what we need in a mayor. Around the same time, there was a meeting between the passively neoliberal bus driver and the Institute for Privatizing Everything All of the Time, no matter the consequences and no matter what the evidence shows. We now go to that tape. Passively neoliberal bus driver. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Pleasure to have you here. Uh, Good to have you. Well, I'm a lobbyist Mm -hmm. from the Institute of Privatizing Absolutely Everything, No Matter the Cost and No Matter What the Evidence Says. That's the name of our organization. And we just believe that the common inheritance of the people should go to a billionaire. Why not? Cash (laughs) injection. Uh, Well, you know what I say about what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by. Just leave the policy book and... I also have a bunch of checks. It'll be made out oh, to your campaign. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I guess I should... Not too good of a politician. I should have asked for that first. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll help you out. Uh, I just truly believe that there's very limited policy options. And finally, a third tape released. The principled, good-hearted politician is being lobbied by big media. Wrongtown's big media. So I took this meeting with you out of mm-hmm. respect, but yeah. I, uh, I have no plans to change my policies to do with any lobbying or anything like that. Huh. I mean, if you we want to do... lobby for a better tomorrow, I'm with that. Well, we do want to lobby for a better tomorrow there, principled politician who only means the best. Uh, sounds good to me so, so far. So that includes a better future for corporations. That involves uh, a better future for our advertisers. That involves a better future for the, the plutocrats who keep Wrongtown running. These are our advertisers. This is how the media industry works. And I find it very concerning that you come in here with these radical ideas, these frankly sort of Bolshevik, Bolshevik. Oh, come on. No. Well, yes. Yes. No. I'm worried that if we put you in power, you will be beheading people. I promise right now, first campaign promise, no beheadings. Well, it's, I don't you know, know how dictator the lady does protest too much. Well. I mean, you brought it up. Well, it's a real fear, and a lot of us have it. No, 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 no. All I'm saying is that people who earn a lot more can pay a bit more in taxes, and I think that's pretty reasonable. And I think we could do a lot with that money. We could offer services to people. I think that would help everybody, including all the people you mentioned. Look, it's the election. Do you want to win? Absolutely, I want to win. But only if... I do so in a principled way where I don't deviate from the values that I hold dear, such as making a society work for everyone, such as strong social bonds. You know, I just, I really believe in these things. It's not worth winning if I have to become a hypocrite or sell out my ideals. Could you just give me one moment so I could talk to my associate here? Of course. This is not working out. What is it? I don't even understand some of these words that he's saying. Not sell out ideals. I don't. What does that mean? 
don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, if he's try just, to pay him off or something. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll try Everyone to pay him off. Everyone speaks the language of money. Yeah, but if he says no, I guess we're going to have to just smear his name. Yeah, we'll have to smear his name a lot if he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Um, oh, good-hearted politician who only means the best. Who yes, yeah, the best oh, in you're the world. Uh, done conferring with your associate. Yeah, so I was thinking that we, on behalf of Wrongtown's big media organizations, you know, that rely on these advertisers, that, you know, provide the news sure. that people trust, sure, sure, yeah. that we would write you a big campaign check okay. to make sure that you can win the election. Okay. And, you know, we scratch your back, you scratch ours. Well, did, did, has what I said so far sounded like it would scratch your back? Oh, yeah. Just winking. I don't think I can take the check. I think there's not a true well, communication. Going. Sure. Do you I want mean, to be shamed out of town? Well, no, but you can rip up the check. I, I yeah, just okay. I don't here feel good goes. about taking here, it. Here it goes. Here, yeah, here it goes. I mean, that's, that's fine. You're dead. You're dead. I'm you're never, dead. You're never, ever going to make it in this town. Let's get out of here. Yeesh. I couldn't have taken that money. I want to do the right thing. I want to be a good guy. I want the town to trust me, and I want to have integrity. It would have bit me in the butt if I had taken that money. It definitely would have bit me in the butt. I don't want to be bit in the butt, so just run an honest campaign, and it'll be fine. I'll win on the strength of my positions. Democracy. Things will work out. That's what I always believe. And now the current Peach of Chalif of Wrongtown resigns in disgrace. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, I want to thank you all for, for coming out today. Uh, it's not easy for me to say this, and I'm, I'm really sorry for what happened. Sorry for what I did. It, it wasn't right of me. I look back on it with shame. I want to apologize to everyone, the people of Wrongtown. I want to apologize most of all to the family involved, of course. I happen to be very comfortable with my body, and uh, I've often went skinny dipping throughout my life, but as in the role of uh, the, the, the Peach of Chalif, it's, it's just inappropriate for me to go down to a crick with a friend and, and swap conspiracy stories uh, in the nude. And for that, I, I do have to resign in disgrace. I won't be taking any questions. Thank you. Today's episode of the Seriously Wrong Podcast is brought to you by the campaign for Dwayne The Rock Johnson to become the mayor of Wrongtown. Hi everyone, I'm Dwayne The Rock Johnson and I'm running for mayor of Wrongtown. You might recognize me from my career in the WWF or the film Jumanji colon Welcome to the Jungle, which is in theaters right now. If I had to pick my favorite movie for my entire career, I would probably have to pick, hmm... Fast Five. Vote for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's a vote for someone you recognize. This message was approved by the Dwayne The Rock Johnson for Mayor of Wrongtown, Organization of Wrongtown. So Aaron, I've got a sincere, out of character question for you. Have okay. you ever been wrong about anything? Ever? Yes. You? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone's it's hard wrong to, sometimes. Like, it's hard to pull off the top of my head things that I was wrong about, you know, like for sure I get little bits of information wrong here and there. I misremember mm-hmm. that sort of stuff uh, in areas that I've been not just incorrect, but like veered into sort of like, I think morally wrong or, or more, it's more around like politics where just I had some political confusion. And it, it, it's a natural sort of process to 
not immediately get everything right away. (laughs) Yeah, it's easier for me to think of times where I feel like I've approached things in a way that I wouldn't anymore, that in retrospect seems like the wrong way to come at a topic. Mm. Like, Like when we first talked about white nationalism on the show a few times, when it was just popping up on the radar for the first time, I was like, oh, this is weird that this still exists. They're saying, hey, why don't white people get a country? And I would be like, why can't white people have a country? Maybe we should have a white bar. I remember saying that on the show once. And now I'm just like, oh, Jesus, (laughs) it didn't seem real back then. And now it's real. It's not as fun anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and It's it's the wrong way to approach that. (laughs) So much well less versed in white nationalist ideology. (laughs) I remember when that was coming up and just sort of feeling like I knew that there shouldn't be a whites only bar and I knew there was good reasons for it, but I was having a hard time articulating because I'd just never been in that argument. I'd never seen the sides of that issue because it was just taken for granted for so long. But I think I also sort of underestimated the fascist creep, the potential that there was going to be And like that also fits into like one of the themes of our show over the time is like, you know, middle ground, finding common answers, finding Uh, Yeah, yeah, especially in those early episodes. It was like every single position that came up, it would be like, Well, what's the maybe this isn't so irreasonable. Why would someone think this? Let's uh let's give it a fair shot. (laughs) And it's like, uh, it's that's not the not the way to go at everything. Yeah, I, was, I even remember back then, like, joking that we would do it with Hitler. Right. <laughs> like, joking that we could, like, try to find whatever was good about the, the, the Nazi, Nazi regime. <laughs> it was like a joke that we had at the when we were talking about, like, oh, here's the middle ground between, like, Ayn Rand libertarianism and, like, nebulous social democrat leaning socialism or, right, or right, right. communism or whatever. But yeah, and I think that over time has become more clearly a naive position to me. And I mean, not that there's no merit to looking for middle ground and like looking for compromise when it's available, but just as like a starting position. But I mean, I guess even back then, I do remember saying like the truth is in between, but it's often just very close to one of the sides. Yeah, no, I think that was like first or second episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we were ever unreasonable about it. I just think certain topics approached in a way I wouldn't anymore. Vaccine thing too. I don't think I'd do the vaccine episode we did now without a more clear, like, you probably should. Like, it seems like they really help. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because we got really into like details and like picking apart information that we're both fucking idiots on. And like, what does aluminum mean? I've read this thing about aluminum. I read these things about aluminum. And yeah, yeah, that's weird. But it's just like, I don't know. Now I would be like... That's not my expertise area. Yeah, and and in the same way when it comes to the 9-11 truth debate, which I think, I mean, as an overall episode, it comes to the right conclusion. But the way that it was done, I definitely, like wouldn't get into character to argue that 9-11 was an inside job again on the show. It just, I don't think it was our show at its best. (laughs) And like, that's part of a larger sort of realization that I used to really believe that conspiracy theories were kind of this like benign novelty that could float around. And now that I've seen that there can be so pointedly used by power structure to turn people against each other and like fracture society, (laughs) it's, I don't, I just don't feel like they're that benign and I don't feel that, the audience that we would attract by doing that type of stuff is the audience I want to have. Something else that I definitely remember being wrong about, my period of wrongness on this, I didn't broadcast very much, but when I first ran into self-identified feminists like in reality who were sort of 
lecturing me on my privilege blindness in the context I ran into them. My first reaction was very much like, what the fuck is up with these people? Like, women are equals in society. Why are they so obsessed with this? Like, I didn't do anything. Like, I, you know, like that was my first reaction. And I think there's there's some truth in that, like, yes, I mean, it probably would have been ideally nicer if these early experiences I had were kinder to me, like people yeah. were kinder to me. That might be still true, but it wasn't until like later that I started seeing the depth of inequality in society between genders. And it didn't become profound for me until much later when I was able to actually like see it in real life and, and recognize that it was as it was happening, just like with little things like women getting constantly interrupted in meetings or like people taking credit for women's ideas in front of me where I'm like just watching it. And it's like stuff I've heard before. And it's like the, the, the gears are starting to turn where I'm like, Oh my God, that's yeah, right. the, the thing that just... they say is actually <laughs> happening. And has this always been happening? Was I just the like, women weren't crazy. They were, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they were pointing out things that were happening in reality and not just, no, I've had a lot of similar experiences with like, various social justice issues that don't affect me and so just not noticing them until uh, not just having them pointed out to me but having them pointed out to me many times and then like finally also noticing them happening in the real world uh, <laughs> yeah that's a real thing i'm super self-conscious about this segment about us talking about how we we're wrong it's just like oh I realize now that left-wing politics is so right. And like, I was so <laughs> foolish before and to not be left-wing enough or something. Oh, oh, here's one that goes in the other direction. I feel like I've really changed the way I've talked about religion and um, religion's not necessarily a right-wing thing, but like religion, like traditions, that's the word. Feeling like there's value in the way things have been done. And it's not that they shouldn't be questioned or changed in many instances like it has to always be updated but i i feel a bit more like reverence for the past than i think i did when i was younger i when i was an early teenager like maybe younger than teenager a tween i was like a super cringy like capital a atheist it happened like that's when i started going on internet forums where i met and saw atheists who had this whole like persona about like their smartness and right. how much smarter and better they were and I was like oh I want to be like that and I was like a kid but I mean like I still ultimately I'm still like agnostic and very like critical of like religious institutions that are fucked up in some way including like religious institutions I had experience with as a young kid but I definitely look back on that time and needless to say when you're a child you say and do things you wouldn't do as an adult but like they they resonate for me because of their ideological context and how like there's still part of me that has those types of like like I'm kind of embarrassed of that stuff well I mean a lot I'm often wrong on specific things and sometimes that's because I pretend to know things I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and when those get pointed out to me, like in internet debates and stuff, I usually see it as an opportunity to signal how willing I am to change my opinion and just oh, be yeah. like, yeah, you're right. I was wrong about that. Thank you for letting me know. Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is proudly brought to you by the campaign for Mushroom Man for Mayor of Wrongtown 2018. Hey there, Wrongians. Did you know that there is a mushroom that grows in the wild that tastes nearly identical to fried chicken? 
It's even called Chicken of the Woods. It's a vibrant yellow-orange color, and it surprises many nature lovers the first time they find it because it tastes just like chicken. So if you think that a mushroom-based politics isn't going to be what you want, just think it might taste just like chicken, man. Vote for me, Mushroom Man for Mayor. This message is endorsed by the Mushroom Man for Mayor campaign 2018. And now it's time for Twitter Warrior Radio Theater. Hey, wrong boys. Usually a big fan of CBN, but that guy's dad is not Ed Gein. Ed Gein died before he was born. Here's a link. Hey, at CBN, thought it was really unfair how you guys kept bringing up things that Ed Gein did in relationship to the principled politician. Seems like they aren't related and that all those things have no bearing on his political positions, which I actually support. At Baseball Boy 22, who do you think you are? I'm a professional newsman. My father was a newsman. His father was a newsman. I report the truth. Get off your high horse. You're not better than me. Fuck off. Signed, Sean. At Johnny Girl 33. Do you have an entire team of fact checkers working for you behind your tweets? Yeah, didn't think so because everything you've said is wrong. At Sean, at Aaron. You guys told a lie on television about someone and you should be ashamed. You're both cowards for not admitting that you were wrong. You're cowards for not fact-checking yourself. And you're cowards for putting up your back like that on Twitter. You look pathetic. At ShyGuy22. I'm blocking you, you little worm. You little scum beneath my shoe. At Wendy Niners, you have 24 hours to delete every tweet you've made tonight mentioning either Sean or myself before we take legal action against you. This has crossed the barrier of free speech and has moved into the realm of libelous accusations. You got 24 hours. Hashtag clock is ticking. (sighs) These people are fucking crazy on Twitter about this Ed Gein thing. It's yeah, like, I gotta close it down. These pro-Ed like, Gein trolls are out of control. I'm, I'm wondering if Russia hired them because you don't see these people in the real world. Everyone I see on the street is like, hey, thanks for exposing the truth about Ed Gein. Yeah. But like these Twitter keyboard fact warriors think they know the truth about everything. It's weird. <sighs> I shouldn't spend so much time on Twitter. I'm just gonna check my work email quick. Oh, this is weird. Did you get did you get CC'd on a weird email between some of the executives at CBN? Oh, uh, some me. Oh, yeah, Ed Gein's strategy. What's this about? Ha, ha, ha. We told so many lies about the principled politician. Now he has no chance of winning. Do you want to come over to my hot tub to drink from our champagne flutes and feast on dessert items that only rich people know about? Signed, CEO. That's weird. Yeah, that's here. Let's, let's must have been a mistake. Let's yeah, just let's click just, on the next email. Yeah, let's just uh, go dear to the thread CEO. Here. I would love to come to your champagne party, and I'll bring that one dish you and your wife like to bathe in. 
those fool hosts we hired, Aaron and Sean, bought it hook, line, and sinker, and they've become mouthpieces for the lies that we need to propagate in order to push our political agenda based on maintaining our own power and spreading lies about the principal politician who obviously has no relationship to Ed Gein. Hmm. <sighs> this is not... Uh, I guess they didn't mean to copy us in on this. Yeah, I mean... Because they're kind of going harsh on us, especially you. Yeah. Some of the things they're mm. saying about you in some of these emails. Oh, geez, this puts us in a rough position. I've been s- spent all day on Twitter arguing with people saying that. Yeah, we really, really got out there on Twitter about this. There's, uh, there's lots of screenshots already. Look, okay, serious adult men face tough choices in their life. Maybe this is one of those tough with choices. You. Yeah. So we've lied to, accidentally, by no fault of ours, lied to the people. And Gave them the truth that we knew at the time, which yeah, turned out to, to be, be f- intentional lie meant to yeah. politically slander someone. And then we defended it for six and a half hours on Twitter, just yeah. picking fights with sort of randos. Hey, you know what I'm thinking? We're the only outlet in Wrongtown confirmation bias news. It's an it's an important institution. And if we tell people that we were wrong, they would lose faith in us and they would lose faith in the news and then yeah. they would just they would be like chickens with their heads cut off running around in circles well yeah who can you trust if, if confirmation bias news has to issue a correction if we have to apologize in any way and show that yeah, there's any sort of completely. blemish in our news organization i mean if people don't know who to trust then yeah they're going to turn to fake news they're going to turn to god knows what yeah we no, can't undermine that and, and i mean the way our bosses talk about us i think if we stepped out of line we'd probably lose our jobs anyway better that at least now that we know it's better that we stay in position yeah no i i agree i think we need to keep this a secret and continue defending what we said for everyone yeah not the for good us. of everyone yeah, yeah, yeah no, because no, we need yeah. to make sure that that people have faith in the news it's really important. So do we cover agree it up. to cover it up? Cover okay, it up. Let's yeah. shake on it. That's all right. I'll grab your hand. And whoops. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Slippery. <laughs> let's try that again. Okay, so now right. we're going to shake hands. And okay, class. Here we go. There class. we go. Yeah. yeah, nice. Now up. A little tight. Up. And down. Do you mind just letting go a little bit? That's a little oh, tight. Sorry. I said. Yeah, there we go. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. And, and up again. And up again. Down. And down. I think that's enough. Oh, yeah. wait, and one more. One more. Up, up and down. down. Okay, okay, so we're going to cover it up. Cover it up, exactly. But not for our own sake, for yeah, the sake for the of the pe- people. For people, yeah. For the people. And now a quick message from the Wrongtown Arts and Development Council. This segment is on the Wrongtown poo problem. When Wrongtown was founded, in the early days, it was known as Shantytown 32B, and it had no plumbing. Poo was stacking up in people's houses, and they desperately needed someone to deal with that. So they developed a system where you would poo onto your plate, poo onto a poo plate, and then the poo man would come by once a day, like a mailman or a milkman, pick up your plate of poo and go throw it in the river. It was a dignified job. And this was perfect for this fledgling economy. There was a need for jobs for some of these young men. And Poo Man provided an opportunity to provide for your family and provide a service that people needed. You know, back in those days, people saw rivers as endless resources, and they didn't realize that throwing tons of poo in there every day would eventually stack up and cause an environmental disaster. You know, these poo men worked away day after day, stopping by your house, grabbing your plate, dipping it in the river, washing it off a little bit in the dirty poo water, and then putting it back in your poo throne. But after a while, we automated that. We got the indoor plumbing in the town, and we just rerouted all the pipes 
again to the river uh, based on the false yeah, still assumption. still didn't learn that lesson. Yeah. Water treatment. Uh, never really figured that out. So as a result, Wrongtown River for decades now is a fecal river. A fecal wasteland, really. It's, uh, it's disgusting. It's, it really is. If you want to get across, you have to hire a river person to take their boat. People who live by the river, we usually call them river people in Wrongtown. But they do have boats that cross the shit river. Most of us find it too distasteful, but we, we are lucky to have them because they bring us across. And to this day, the poo problem persists and no one knows how to solve it. It's a festering wound on our city, a wound which will never heal. That's a direct quote from former mayor dictator Bill. Let's see if one of these future mayors can change it. Who knows? We're open-minded at the Arts and Development Council. And so back to the show. And now on confirmation bias news with just two weeks to go until the wrong town mayoral election, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has dropped out of the race. Oh my God. Still reeling here in the newsroom. We really, we had our bets on Dwayne, but uh, mm-hmm. he needed to take care of his friend, the wrong town mailman, was suffering from a lot of physical and psychological issues and... Mm-hmm. The Rock wanted to be his rock. The Rock wanted to be the mailman's rock through this tough time. The word is, unfortunately, that Dwayne Johnson's dear friend, the mailman, is expected to pass away later this year. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a wrestler turned actor turned politician, now turned friend until the end. Yeah, we're all rooting for you, Rock, and we hope that maybe you can run in the next election. It's a damn shame, and we're all very upset at the office. Yeah. Let's just say that we're out of Kleenex. Yeah, if anyone could bring some Kleenex, that would be great. We're, we're still crying over here, and it's desperate. Wet tissues everywhere. It's disgusting. Yeah, we have a garbage can around here? I don't know. It's weird. In other news, Mushroom Man has released his full platform, which is called Fungus Humongous 2018. Uh, It is a series of fungus and mushroom-based proposals. He wants to provide free mushrooms for everyone in the city to eat at any time, both psychedelic and non-psychedelic. He's got a really fascinating proposal to take all of everyone from Wrongtown shit and grow mushrooms in that to turn the E. coli into something edible. Yeah, definitely. And then feed everyone their own shit mushrooms. Yeah, and I don't think it's gross at all. And everyone washes it anyways. Yeah, no need to regulate that the E. coli be washed off by the producer. That's another point he's very clear on. It's a minor policy point in his platform. That was buried deep, but it is on our liner notes for the show today for some reason. So I think we we should should definitely mention mention it. it. He's also proposed building spaceships out of mushrooms, or it says here, at least are shaped like mushrooms. Uh, I think that'd be a cool shape for a spaceship. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And that's part of his three-point plan to return mushrooms, quote, from where they came, Mm. uh, which is a uh, 2,000-year space platform. Gotta say, I like the hard work he put into that. (laughs) I'll say, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, now that The Rock is out, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. You know, someone that I know that I'm definitely not voting for because they're a scumbag is... The son of Ed Gein. Yeah, the one honorable politician in the race, the only politician who's got a good platform that people generally support. And he's... The news came out today that his entire campaign team quit in disgrace. They were chased out of town... Finally. ...by people tossing rotten vegetables at them. One small criticism I have of that is that they didn't just run the one honorable politician in the race out of town right along with them. Yeah, I think the exact quote from the, the honorable politician 
was, I do not fear for my life because you can kill a man, but you cannot kill an idea. Accountability for the people of Wrongtown is long and sorely needed, and we need to democratize and fight corruption in every way we can to make a fair and prosperous society for all. And needless to say, his father was the notorious serial serial killer. killer. Yeah, Dean. Yeah, same blood. Voting for him is voting for that. Now we've got a Wrongtown special report. Yeah, we've been blabbing enough. Blab, blab, blab. <laughs> Time to go to the people. The Vox Populi of Wrongtown. Let's hear what they really think. So first, uh, we've got a dear friend of the show, the naked primitivist who lives in the south of town. He got naked and ran out of town a few years ago, and now he lives out there. And mm-hmm. and, and you had a chance to talk to him earlier, right? I did, yeah. Let's uh, play the tape. Uh, Mr. Primitivist. Yeah, can you please get the cameras away from me and the microphones, you know? And uh, I'm, just, I'm part of Confirmation Bias News. I just wanted to ask your opinion on the wrong town mayoral election. Hmm. Well, I think you've definitely got some strong candidates on all sides. The one exception being the, the murderer. You have some pretty unique politics. You're a primitivist. You're naked all the time. Yeah, well, clothes are a type of technology. and won't eat any food that was produced by society. Yeah, I'll just forage. You know, I'll typically forage. I mean, sometimes people will throw watermelon down oh, the, sometimes, yeah, on the riverbed. Oh, sometimes, yeah. When I have that's about to go rotten, I'll uh, throw it by the side of the highway for you to forage. Yeah, know? a lot of people do that, and I really do appreciate that because it's not really a great environment for foraged food. It's mostly I'd be eating acorns and dandelions. Right. And I, I don't use fire, of course. So that, that, that is the technology. Um, but you know I have to go with Musher, man. He's talking about bringing the whole city to dirt, mm-hmm. chopping everything up into mulch. Mulching the children to grow the future, I believe is one of his quotes. That sounds right. I support that kind of stuff for sure. Well, say what you will about the primitivist living uh, just outside the south of Wrongtown. Very pragmatic views, a reasonable person. Yeah. I hope to see you at election day voting. I don't vote. That's a technology. Mm, makes sense. Thank you for uh, talking to us. Thank you so much. Get the camera out of my face, please. I don't believe in it. Fascinating interview. Fascinating guy. And wise. You know, smart. The forest men are smart. I've always definitely, found that definitely. with the forest men. Smarter than some of these fools on Twitter who say, oh, Ed Gein, I know the biographies of him I've read mention him having a son. Well, those All are, these Twitter freaks. Who's reading books about... Ed Gein, exactly. just Geniacs, like these these people uh. who are Ed Gein fans, they run the Ed Gein fan club. Obviously, they're going to offend Ed Gein's progeny when he's going to let them loose to do whatever they want. Oh, hey, look, actually on the phone, we have the president of the Ed Gein fan club. Let's, uh, let's see what this psychopath has to say. Hello, welcome. Uh, hi there. Um, I was just listening to you guys talk about... Uh, the principal politician there in the race, and I, uh, I just wanted to say that while we did put out an endorsement last week, we're redacting it. The way he's handled this situation is just disgusting. He's shown zero respect for his dad, and uh, you know that just really bums us out. No, the Gein machine is notorious in pulling the vote. What are you going to be putting your energy towards instead of this horrible murderer? I'm going to have to throw our vote behind Mushroom Man. Now, he's not perfect, but if you read between the lines, sometimes you get the feeling that he's a geenster, that he's been in the geen, as we like to say, people who are in the know about geen. And Mushroom Man has been accused recently of geen whistles. Uh, More on that story as it develops. 
Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is proudly brought to you by Definition Wobble. Have you ever been in an argument with someone where you're both saying the same word but you mean different things and it means it's impossible to communicate with each other and you're constantly at each other's throats getting angrier and angrier and you eventually die still angry at each other? Definition Wobble. It brings people apart. I wanted to tell an example of just kind of like a funny story about people not admitting they're wrong. And if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, bud, but I'm out drinking with some friends and we're talking about books, reading books for some reason. He just came up, we're drinking, having hot wings. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I read a book a week. And just immediately like my little bullshit alarm went off and we have the type of relationship where we can sort of poke fun at each other a bit, you know? And so I just immediately like, come on, man, you don't, you don't read a book a week. And he's like, I do, I do. I've read a book a week since I was 14. And I was like, man, that is a big lie. Like you're telling us all a big lie right now. There's and, so few people who like read a book every week for over a decade. Yeah. It's just and, like, but he like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't like, he got his back up because I called him out and it was like in front of people and there's like right, the humiliation right. aspect to it. And it just became a thing where we went back and forth a little while. I was like, dude, like you opened today's conversation by admitting to another time that you lied you were like <laughs> right. oh yeah that time i said blank i was lying haha <laughs> isn't that funny it's like i'm just in the future you're gonna say that again and he like refused to admit it and then we got off the subject and then it came back again books came up again and then he's like you know what you know it's probably more like you know two or three books a month and I was like, I still, I still don't believe that. I think that's still a lie. It's still too many. <laughs> but I don't want to, I don't want to argue about this anymore. It's getting you too upset. But I do hold my position. I haven't changed because he kept on also repeating like, no, no, it's true. I did. And I'd just be like, no, no. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. But I just want to let the record show you haven't convinced me. <laughs> and then later when we had more drinks, he just admitted that it's completely not true. And he barely reads books. Oh. So that's a story about... So he did admit he was wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's a happy ending. It's a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, it's just what came to mind when I was like, n- not admitting you're wrong. It's and it's also it's a microcosm of like I'm not trying to shit on the guy too much, but like of of the psychology of that mm. sort of not admitting you're wrong. Lying um, and being wrong is slightly different, but it's still just like not wanting to lose that face of having said the thing that isn't true. Being caught in a lie is slightly different than being wrong but like the sort of same principle applies there where i think the way that i acted in retrospect i'm humble enough to admit (laughs) that i was wrong to treat my wrong friend that way right because by poking him by prodding him about something made him insecure made him sort of like lash out and defend this thing that he didn't care to defend. Like ultimately at the end of the day, it's like his reputation isn't right, yeah, ride yeah. or die on fucking... <laughs> Whether he read a book every week. But to, I mean, to criticize, I mean, saying that you read a book every week since you were 14. <laughs> it's a really, wild statement. It makes you sound like a fucking elementary school kid bragging about their like toys or like their dad's job or something like it's very someone i knew in junior high school would do this sort of lying thing like very obvious lies but refuse to back down on them one of them that still sticks in my mind to this day was that he told us this story that 
his mom was driving him to school and then they were driving past the school and he was like, mom, you have to stop the car. I need to get out and go to school. And she was like, no, I'm not going to stop the car. And he was like, mom, you have to stop the car. And she's like, no, I'm not going to. And he's like, fine. So he just opened the door and jumped out of the car while it was moving. And immediately we were like, okay, number one, why would your mom not stop the car in front of the, like, what's the... Why would she drive you to school and then not stop the car? Two, why did you jump out of the car to go to school? Like, did you want to go to school that bad? Like, it just, it's just such an obviously fake story. <laughs> no, it actually happened. I'm telling you, man. She, I don't know why she wouldn't stop the car. She just kept driving and I, like, I had to go to school. Just <laughs> The commonality here is sort of pride behind what you've already said. Like standing by what yeah. you've already said. Yeah, exactly. And that, that applies equally to lying and to just making an honest mistake. Yeah, um, like lying is sort of like the distilled version of it, like the purest, yeah. pristine, because it's fully <laughs> self-aware. Yeah. And, f- like, and that's what makes it such an absurd or jarring and memorable experience when you run into people like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, being wrong is like... It's like telling a lie you didn't know was a lie when you said it. Yeah. And then once it's pointed out to you, then you're in the same position of having said the thing that's not true and then being like, uh, it's not it's not easy. And like, like I mentioned, for me, <laughs> the easy way to get over it was to just feel good about how great I am for admitting I'm wrong. And then you can like, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> you that's, that's, keep that's the great pride. advice. Yeah. yeah, you get to keep the pride of like, I'm a great person and also admit that you were wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> That's so fascinating. That's totally how to deal with that. It's like train yourself to really, really be proud of the fact that you're so honorable, that you're so humble, that despite right. the fact that you're perfect, <laughs> despite the fact that you never make any true deep mistakes that really matter... <laughs> <laughs> you're always humble and sincere enough to admit when you're presented with new information that changes your position or contradicts what you had thought, and you're gracious to receive it. Sure, and, yeah, yeah, and you're exactly. Like, oh, and you just like really get off on that and be like, oh, I'm so fucking <laughs> humble and gracious. It's uh, just like, oh, you know what? You're right, man. I don't know why I said I read a book every week. It was what an absurd thing for me to say. I'm always willing to admit when I just make it sort of a hasty lie. It's a bad habit I have, and thank you for calling me out on it. I'll try to do better in the future. Oh, yeah. Great, man. Great. I think that's perfect advice for what to do if you're in the position of the prideful. Yeah. Yeah. But from the other perspective, like when you're interacting with someone else who's got... Who is wrong. How do you treat them? Yeah, that accidental lie. Let's just assume that your evidence is bulletproof enough that you can just demonstrate to them that there's no ambiguity. They're factually wrong. Like it's tempting to humiliate them. Like it sounds horrible to say out loud, like humiliate. When I think of the word humiliate, I think of a guy with his pants down, surrounded by like hundreds of people laughing at him. That's like the imagery that comes to mind. And like that's not the degree of humiliation right. you get in an interpersonal. Right. Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe I guess you need a diversity of tactics because you. F- I feel like you want someone saying. You know, hey, maybe you're making some right points in some other parts here, but like I do think on this particular part of the issue, you made some mistakes and maybe that affects your overall point in these ways. And it's uh, definitely something to look at. This information presented here definitely seems to prove you wrong. When I think about the times in my life that I've been humiliated in one way or another, those little subtle like social ways of like being publicly pwned or yeah (laughs) or like in elementary school like like I remember one time I lost at chess in elementary school and cried when I lost 
because yeah. like people were cheering for the other kids so much. Like right. I felt like totally abandoned right. and then I started crying. That was a really humiliating experience for young little crying Sean right. losing at chess, <laughs> which cool is also like guy. a passion of little Sean's like love chess. It was very I, good at it. I've never heard won. you even mention chess. This must've been a traumatic experience. <laughs> you never talk about chess anymore. That was it. No, I, I can't, I don't, that's probably not the reason I stopped playing chess, but um, it was, I really liked it and I was really good at it. And I only lost a handful of times. Right. Uh, but that was one of them. Made it all the worse when you did lose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just an example of like a very visceral childhood humiliation. But on that same spectrum, I think, is like the subtle sort of like social humiliation of being attacked or proven wrong or, and stuff like that. I feel like the humiliation factor has always been an impediment to my learning, not as something that like I don't really buy the idea of like tough love to make people. I like participate in it a bit with like where you have banter and you're like shitting on each other and it's like mostly in good fun but sometimes it gets a little bit heated yeah like i participate in that but also i just i don't think it's an effective political tactic whatsoever yeah it's more of a rhetorical tactic and it's more of a safeguard against going too far in that other direction we talked about about being a bit too accommodating of ideas that need to be strongly rebuked mm -hmm. like trying to talk to a fascist in a way that might convince the fascist to change his mind for the better is going to make you talk in a way that gives bystanders the wrong idea about how bad these ideas are you're talking about because you need to like kind of ingratiate yourself to them a little bit and like show that you understand their world and the only way to show that you understand their world is to talk within it a little bit and so yeah it's always like you have to balance how much you're signaling awareness of these positions with how much you want to signal how incorrect these positions are. There's something that always sticks with me from the art of war, which is give your enemy a route to escape. You know, don't back them up against the wall because they'll get desperate and like lash out. And I feel like it's the same way in a discussion where you're confronting someone who's holding like wrongful conceptions of the world, whether that's like factually wrong or, or morally wrong views is presenting the evidence in such a way that you give them an opportunity to walk away unscathed, like mm. give them an out that involves them agreeing Saving with you. Saving some face and yeah. Giving people the space to save face. It's like a delicate balance exactly how to pull that off. But I think it's I think it's an effective strategy. Yeah, you want to give people the space to save face. And I think you always want to give people the opportunity to admit they're wrong because I think sometimes people want to view people who've said bad things as forever tainted. And I yeah. think that gives the person who's wrong zero incentive to correct their views. If they're going to be forever tainted by something they said on Twitter in 2006, then what's the point in updating it? If like if a screenshot of it can sink you 12 years later, even if you're like, oh, I changed my position on that 10 years ago. Yeah, giving people the space to have been wrong in the past and to be correct now, and that's okay. And we've all been wrong before. Like having that mm -hmm. compassion, especially for people who are making an effort to change their minds or to to update their positions is really an important way, I think, of treating people who are wrong. Yeah, I wonder if it's possible to like build that culturally. It just sounds so that's some pretty unfettered utopianism to imagine that people will become self-aware, start regulating themselves. It's it's <laughs> Well, yeah, no. I mean, I don't think everyone is going to become self-aware. I guess the way to actually go about this is to create a culture where people are like 
uh, hey, maybe it's okay that they changed their mind. Like if it was more of a social norm that it was okay to change your mind and we don't like view that with suspicion inherently, I think you can push that in the right direction. But Aaron, what what a if, utopian perfect everyone <laughs> everyone's totally fine with that and yeah okay so Aaron what if you say you're talking to someone and you're like hey maybe it's all right if they were wrong in the past we'll give them opportunity to change in mm-hmm. the future like it's maybe we should just go a little easier on them and then the other person's like you're protecting them you're standing up for the people who said that <laughs> and you're tone policing me is there any way when our listeners encounter that how do they get out of that <laughs> Oh, God. How do they get out of that? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to say to that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know what advice to give either. I guess just don't let it get to you. Don't get sucked into any sort of fight with them. Yeah. Um, The language you're describing is just perfectly designed to shut down anything to be said back to it that could mean anything or make the situation better at all. There's nothing you can say other than, I'm sorry, I was so, so wrong. Please, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. You're right. Thank you. If you said that, then they'll probably be happy. But other than that, it's not. It's one of those conversations you just can't participate in without losing. This episode of the Seriously Wrong Podcast is brought to you by the neoliberal by default bus driver of Wrongtown who's now running for mayor in the mayoral election. <laughs> uh, thank, uh, hi, everyone. Uh, it's just such a pleasure to run uh, for mayor and have your support. I'm really proud to announce my plan to just, um, you know, just do the whatever of what my advisors say. <laughs> it's just, I mean, what what option do you have? It's, it just seems like the way it is. This message brought to you with the support of the passively neoliberal bus driver for mayor campaign committee of Wrongtown 2018. We now go to Bread Genius, reconnecting with her old friend, the former Peach of Chalif, now retired. So Bread Genius, as I was saying, you know, I used to be the Peach of Chalif. Yeah, didn't you resign with honor and after having oh, no, served no, no, a no. long... No, 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 I, I resigned in disgrace following a public scandal. Oh, right, yeah, I remember that press conference. <laughs> Silly of me, it slipped my mind. It's great to reconnect with you, though. I've just been, you know, raising my kids and learning more about bread and making mm. bread. And you know, I see you still got that bun in the oven. I still got a bun in the oven. This is bun number four. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Egg Genius is really just impregnating me. Yeah. It's definitely him, and he's the father of all you the kids. should call him Sperm Genius. I don't know Sperm Genius. I've never met Sperm Genius, if you're implying anything. So, Bread Genius, as I was saying, you know, I used to be the Peach of Chalif, and we'd arrest guys for smoking pot all the time. But now that I'm out, this is so ironic. It's so funny how the world works. I've actually got into the cannabis business. Now I'm a oh. cannabis businessman. Now I actually have invested in a full-level legal farm. It's a new recipe I for make, your life. A new uh, yeah. Well, varieties of spice of life. Yeah, a little that. bit of baguette, a little bit of bagels, some rye. There's all kinds of variety in there. You know, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure making this much money. You know, we should talk about making some marijuana-infused breads maybe in the future. Yeah, that's perfect. I should connect you with Giorgino. Sure. Giorgino is the best. He handles all that stuff for me. Do you think I should feel bad because there's a bunch of people who are still in jail that I arrested for doing exactly what I'm getting rich from doing now? Um, 
you don't want to just dwell on stale bread. You don't want to keep rechewing. I don't think it's wrong. It's not wrong, is it? You seem like a nice guy. I don't want to say that you're wrong. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's not like you're the son of Ed Gein or anything. Oh, don't get me started on that guy. Who are you voting for? I think I'm going to go with the tepid privatization focused bus driver. Yeah, yeah. No, after having a dictator for all these years, I just want someone who sees things for the way they are and doesn't try to impose mm-hmm. his will on anything. It was kind of a cool metaphor. I was just thinking it's like bus drivers, they always have this like set path, right? And they yeah. just go in circles. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of the same with neoliberal privatization where it's just got this very well-defined course and it just goes in circles. Yeah, and we know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and you'll get where you need to go if you live on the route. <sighs> yeah. That mushroom and guy's a maniac, though. He's a bit wacky. He's a bit out there. Better than Gein, but oh, Gein yeah, Jr. I'm not even considering the murderer. Don't get me started on him. I mean, yeah, thinking about Gein Jr., I'm definitely going to come down now and say, I don't think what you did is wrong. When it was against the law, you were enforcing the law. Now that mm-hmm. it's not the law... You're profiting off of what's what's real. That's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. That's just the way that baked goods that have flour in them sometimes leave crumbs. And uh, hmm. I think that's an apt analogy. Yeah, because I feel like I've been putting together, you know, flour and butter and eggs. You know, I put in the yeast. Yeah. And now my loaf is, is rising. rising. Right, yeah. right, right. So everything it, makes so much more sense when you put it in a bread analogy. Well, that's why I love talking to you because it's just the I also get bread analogies. If you hadn't been the son of a chalif officer, you could have been a great bread genius. Let me say, <laughs> that's you're too kind. You're too kind. Cool. Yeah. Well, I uh, think I might be going into labor, so I'm going to head to the hospital and oh, well, have another baby. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Later. Have a safe birth, and you know, what do you say when someone's leaving because they're pregnant? That's that's funny. I'm, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Have a safe birth is fine. Thank you. Have Thank a you. Safe I appreciate birth. you being concerned. That works? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. People say that to me all the time. And now a message from the Wrong Town Arts and Development Council on the history of the Wrong Town Bird Sanctuary. Now, we got to make it explicitly clear right away. Bird Sanctuary is a misnomer. Uh, The Wrongtown Bird Sanctuary is a home for weasels, uh, and it always have been. The earliest residents of Shantytown 32B mistook weasels as a type of bird. It's a long-running problem in Wrongtown that when excited parents for the first time take their young children to the bird sanctuary, children are extremely disappointed to find it full of scheming weasley weasels instead of birds. It's part of our history though and we have to just not change that. A lot of people would see it as a huge betrayal to rename it to a weasel sanctuary. It's just, they've been calling it the bird sanctuary forever. Like, we all understand that they're not birds now. The place is called bird sanctuary. We're not calling them birds, okay? There's a distinction there. We're not idiots. You can have a bird sanctuary with weasels in it. The place name is bird sanctuary. The same way, like, if you are if you live on Green Avenue, you don't expect it to be green. Don't be ridiculous. Respect your heritage. A message from the Wrong Town Arts and Development Council. So I think an important part of the story, Wrong Town's first mayoral election after the death of the Dictator mayor for Bill. life, yeah. Dictator Bill, yeah, 
Which the song how'd the song go again? We had a little song before, like Dictator Bill, Dictator Bill. Did did we actually have a song? Yeah, we, we just mentioned there was a song. No, no, we went off mic, we definitely had one. Dictator Bill. Dictator Bill. Yeah, but they I all sing know. it, but um, but <laughs> until he was He's dead and then dead, yeah. and then the tanks rolled in and democracy came with them. So I think an important part of the story is the debate. The debate between Mushroom Man and the passively neoliberal bus driver. Yeah, the time in the election's running out. It's getting Mm -hmm. close to the day. This is like a defining sort of moment for the people of Wrongtown to watch this debate. You and I, as the confirmation bias news anchors, have thoroughly discredited the one honorable politician as the son of Ed Gein. And so he's not even invited to the debate. Yeah, yeah. He's like doing a live stream. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like cutting the, in he's and out on it, the like, internet. The people's debate or something. <laughs> Where he pauses the debate and like responds to the points in between with like really good arguments, but like it's a shitty stream. Yeah, he's like cutting in and out the whole time because he's got a plan to nationalize the telecommunications infrastructure. Yeah. So they're yeah. actually sabotaging him or something. Like that. And there's troll armies in the comments leaving pro Gein comments or like. <laughs> Just, yeah, like, you know, no, the Nazi stuff, racial slurs that yeah, you get in an yeah. unmoderated thing. And since his staff has left, he can't moderate it himself. So he's sort of between a rock and a hard place between Yeah, do I turn off comments or and just try and focus on my points or do I like try and engage with the audience? Yeah, it's just it's not being made easy for him. So then, yeah, and then people are like saying like, well, you're letting all this, there's like Nazism and like pro-Gene sentiment here and you're not doing anything about that. Like, what does that say about you? Yeah, for someone who claims not to be the son of Ed Gein, it seems like you're certainly not doing a lot to keep these Geeniacs out of your chat. Yeah, like yeah. think about the audience audience that you're attracting you yeah, know like even definitely. if even if what you feel like what you're saying is is anti-gene. reasonable or anti gene yeah. yeah then but if you're if you're tracking a geenist audience i think it really <laughs> says something um so anyway he's yeah he's got his sad little sideshow um but the real debate is between mushroom man and the kind of neoliberal privatization supporting bus driver. And Mushroom Man's getting a lot of points for his confidence, like his incredible confidence in all of his <laughs> positions, like no matter what they are, he just delivers yeah. it with with the plum. As, as we know from his days as Weed Lord McBongbong, he is just able to take any position and state it very confidently as if it's the solution to all the problems. Mm. And the Mushroom Lobby has just been filling his head with I, I fa- a lot of factually true things about mushrooms. Yeah, yes. like I didn't know that the biggest organism on the world was a mushroom until I heard Mushroom Man say it in our sketches that we write. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> apparently that's true. That. According yeah. to what was it? Mushroom, mushrooms.net <laughs> or something? Oh yeah, one of the websites. What was that? Let me, I still have these open. HundredthMonkeyMushrooms.com taught uh, me that the honey mushroom is the world's largest known organism. This massive organism covers 2,384 acres, Holy nearly shit. four square miles in Oregon. This is like the mycelial network. Ah, uh, I see, I see. It's a single, single mushroom it's organism. It's estimated to be 2,400 years old, but could be as ancient as 8,650 years. This network of mushrooms, that's fascinating. Yeah, so it's a good political argument for him to point out like, oh, this 8,000 potentially year old honey mushroom, world's largest organism. Like, I want Wrongtown to be that strong and that long lasting. And that's what my mm-hmm. policy positions are about. Yeah, yeah. So as a result, we got to take the bad kids and turn them to mulch uh, to grow <laughs> mushrooms. To grow mushrooms, yeah. 
yeah. And he's then, he's um, not actually going to do that, though. He's, it's just sort of like a charismatic kind of devil may care thing of yeah, like though, definitely. discipline, you know, disciplinary, authoritarian stuff. Like a section of people in Wrongtown love that. They want to show their kids like that's Mushroom Man. We love and revere him. He'll destroy you if you do wrong. Like that That just matches the culture of some cultural yeah. enclaves in, in Wrongtown. Definitely. Sure. I think he's attracted a lot of radicals on the right and the left. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he's anti-establishment type thing. You know? Yeah, exactly. He's talking about turning the city to dirt and growing and pe- yeah, millions people can, of mushrooms. People can project a lot into that metaphor of like, well, what's the dirt going to grow? A better society. And then, yeah. Well, yeah, they see their preferred vision. Whereas the more conservative, the more pragmatic uh, people who, who aren't so into making a splash or voting in mushroom man or just playing it safe and they're they're thinking that the the passively neoliberal bus driver is probably the way to go Mm -hmm. yeah and some people said his slogan was a little on the nose when he said i'm just going to do the same thing that every other elected politician always does but that's reassuring and i think a lot of people want to hear that and from their perspective it's like well that's the devil i know and then on one hand, I've got turning my entire city to dirt and my, turning my children into mulch for mushrooms. Or I can vote <laughs> for either the son of a murderer, or in many cases, people are just saying murderer himself. Yeah. It's really degraded in quality with the echoes, this rumor. And like The Rock probably would have won if he hadn't, because I mean, he's a big celebrity. But he's just such a good guy. He had to take care of yeah, his, his friend, friend, the mailman. The mailman. Who's very, very, very Ill, unfortunately. Yeah, he'd been helping him already with being a positive masculine role model and teaching him how to kind of fence in some of his offensive behaviors. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. once he became sick the rock just daddy mode you know just taking care of him you know it's like alpha wolf and it's little pup and that's why i think a lot of people wish wish that Dwayne ran yeah but i'd say the debate was mostly a wash people just came out of it still supporting whoever they supported Mm. coming in yeah This episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by the decent, hardworking politician that you'd always want to vote for if they ever existed for mayor. <sighs> okay, well, I got to be quick with this. I know I only have a minute. Um, the people who are in control of the Confirmation Bias News Network are lying about me. I have nothing to do with Ed Gein. I, I, will, I will take a paternity test. I'll do whatever I can to get this out of here because it's gone way too far. My policy suggestions are on my website. I, w- I wish I could use my time to talk about them. I have so many great ideas and I just want to listen to you all and make a better future for Wrongtown. But this Ed Gein stuff, it's just following me everywhere. And like I don't want to say it's a conspiracy but there's something going on. People are out to get me and I don't know why. And I just, I please, please, please. This message was approved by the committee to elect the one good politician I've ever seen in my life. Goodness, he has such a good heart. And so we now return to the wrong boys at Confirmation Bias News who are beginning to have second thoughts about their choice to stay the course with Gate and lie about a popular politician's connections to an infamous serial murderer. Oh, man, you know, I don't know. It seemed like the right thing to do at the time, but now that the election's tomorrow, I'm just feeling like really uncertain about whether we did the right thing. I'm kind of worried someone's going to kill him. Like, yeah. there's a lot of anger against them. I feel like I know that what we did was wrong, but I don't know what the right thing to do is. I guess we have to seek counsel. We have seek to seek counsel. Yeah, I like we that. We have to um, get <sighs> advised by someone who someone is who's wisdom. perfect and knows everything. 
Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Who do we know that's perfect and knows everything? Well, there's only one person I know of, but it's not going to be easy. Oh my God, are you talking about, let's say it on the count of three. One, One, two, two, three. The The Matriarch of Uh, Yes. Let's let's, maybe try to sync it up. Okay. Okay. One, One, two, two, three. three. The The Matriarch of of Wrongtown. Shit. Sorry. Okay. Well, I mean... We know, know. yeah. yeah, We both had the same idea. It would have been good if we hit that, but we didn't. It's weird how people use both, the Wrongtown Matriarch and Matriarch of Wrongtown. Yeah, it sort of makes sense. Hmm. Anyway... It's going to be a journey. She lives at the top of Wrong Mountain. That is uh, no easy hike. Yeah, that is a, a perilous climb. And a lot of people have died doing that for yeah, sure. I think it's to what, seek... like 30% of people who try don't come back? Yeah, yeah. Well, and 30% do come back but never make it. And it's only the, those very, very special 40% who get the advice. Do you think we could be in the top 40? I think we could do it. We could be a top 40. You and I, together. You want to do it? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's not stop until we achieve it. All right. Uh, It's the only good way to get advice. Let's drive to the mountain equipment store, buy some jackets. Oh, these shoes are on sale. I think Uh, they're really good climbing shoes. You think they're good in the snow? They're made for snow, it says. Oh, oh. It doesn't come in the color I want, but it's really cheap. Look at this tent. Isn't this cute? Yeah, uh, well, we're going to need a mountain tent. So we'll just buy these here. Um, Just... So just drive, drive to, to Wrong Mountain. Training center at the base of Wrong Mountain. So just take this training. Get the basics down. Study some advanced stuff in my textbook at night before I go to bed while training during the day. Oh, your arms are getting much stronger. Looks like your climbing is really helping. Yeah, I'm starting to feel ready. I don't yeah. know about you. But we should definitely wrap up the course. Don't yeah. get me wrong. One more week. So we'll just finish the course. One more week of training. Definitely prepared now. Load all our stuff onto a camel. Get as high up the mountain as we can before we start the uh, active ascent. Oh, we should probably uh, stay here for a couple nights so we don't get the bends. Don't want uh, oxygen that was dissolved in our blood to become a bubble. So we'll just set up our tents here in a circle. I'll sleep here for two nights. Have food and fires and fun. Really get to know each other, even though many of us won't make it back alive. Talk about the good times over here and uh, who we have waiting for us at home, what we hope to get advice on. All right, today's the day. We're going to start the active ascent. All right, I'll just uh, start the active ascent over here. I'll start here. And... Oh, no, Billy, watch out. Your leg slipped. <gasps> Billy, Billy fell. He's dead. That's blood in the snow. I'll uh, mourn Billy silently as I climb this rock front. Continue a grueling climb for another 36 hours. I'm going to accidentally fall asleep while hanging off of a rope over the side of a mountain because I'm so exhausted. Oh, Sean, no. I'll pull him back up. Let him have a nap. Hey, buddy, you might want to wake up. The, the oh, Sorry, I'm really tired from this grueling climb. The Wrongtown Matriarch's secret palace is just up ahead. We made it. Oh, thank God. I hear there's uh, central heating in the secret palace, so... I'll just walk up to the secret palace now. Can't believe it was just you and me who made it. Everyone else is dead, including our trusty camel, Zach. Yeah, two out of five. Um, oh, 40%. Ah, they were right. We were the top Statistics 40. Statistics never lie. Top 40. Right here. 
Uh, Matriarch, hello. hello. Top 40 coming in. Top 40 in. coming in. Great to What's be up? here. What's up? What's up? We made, it. made yeah. it. We need some good, high-quality advice from the perfect mind. So uh, we run the news uh, down in Wrongtown. I'm sure you've heard of us, Sean and Aaron. Confirmation bias news. It's most listened to. State subsidized. Great stuff. Yeah. Turns out that everything we've been saying about the one honorable politician in the race being uh-huh. the son of Ed Gein is actually not true. And we knew it wasn't true weeks ago, but continued to lie about it. Yeah, and it's definitely partially a pride thing, but also, I mean, it's part of our job in a way. Like, it's our job to do what our bosses tell us. Yeah, if we hadn't lied, and, someone else would yeah, have come Yeah, someone else probably would have lied, but I mean, at the same time, it's, it feels bad. It raises a red flag, but I don't know what to do. The election's tomorrow. What should we do? We come to you humbly for advice. Wrong boys, as the matriarch of Wrongtown, my advice to you is simply tell the truth. Oh, the truth. I never thought about it like that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, no time like now to start heading back down. So I'll just... Go down the mountainside, reflecting on what the matriarch told us. We'll just get back to base camp. Make my way down here, uh, step over the bodies of lesser men. Set up a fire, spend another few nights. Um, uh, Take every precaution to make sure that there's no oxygen bubbles in my blood. Make the hike back down to the base of the mountain. And now we're (sighs) at the bottom. So I guess let's uh, drive to the confirmation bias news building and uh, broadcast the truth to everyone before the election. Cool, yeah. Let's just get on the car here and uh, turn it on. Yeah, I was thinking about what the matriarch said, and I think she's definitely right that shouldn't maliciously lie about people. Yeah. In hindsight, I feel like I should have known that. But, you know, we all make mistakes, and it's okay to learn. You know, I'm not going to beat myself up for being wrong forever. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty good point. Uh, so we get to the building. Oh, hey, Hal, let us in. Uh, what do you mean our security clearance has been revoked? We have some really important <coughs> information for before the election. Yeah, we're, we're hosts of the show. Can you let us in? The election was six weeks ago. Who won? Passively neoliberal mailman already won the election, and it took us way longer to climb that mountain than there was time left before the election. Oh, yeah, I guess you didn't think about that. Oh, yeah. Like, we spent all those weeks training, and I forgot that the election was not next day perpetually, but the next day from the first day that we started, all that stuff. Oh, man, that makes me feel so silly looking back on yeah. that. <laughs> another mistake, every, another thing we were wrong about. <laughs> every day we were like, tomorrow's the election, and we just <laughs> go to sleep and wake up and say, tomorrow's the election, just every day for weeks. Yeah, we thought Wrongtown would, like, pause while we were gone. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Silly yeah. us. Oh, and so the confirmation bias news enterprise was privatized. It's no longer run by the municipal government. The bus driver privatized it. Ooh. Oh, you've outsourced Uh-oh. the hosting duties to two Bangladeshi men who don't know anything about Wrongtown? Surely, I mean, you, you must be saving a lot of money by doing that, right? By, by privatizing the station and, and outsourcing the, the on-air talent? Oh, right. The middlemen. Yeah, there's layers oh, yeah. and layers of middlemen. So you pay much less to the Bangladeshi hosts than you paid us. But you pay all of the middleman contractors in between much more than you ever paid us. That makes sense. And much more time is dedicated to advertising and you've started charging people a subscription fee? Yeesh. What happened to our stuff that was inside? Is it still in there? Or... Oh, you burned it. You burned it all. Oh, you thought we were dead. Oh, you already had a funeral for us. Oh, yeah. I guess we should have let people know that we were going. Whatever happened to uh, the son of it? Or he's not the son of it. What, what happened to the honorable guy who was in the race? 
He's in prison. He's in prison? What for? Gains against humanity? Is that a real legal classification? So they put him in jail for being related to Ed Gein. Since we live in a society where people generally do the same job as their parents, we decided that anyone who's a serial killer's son would probably end up a serial killer and needed to be put in jail. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for answering our questions, Bill. And how do you like the job since it was privatized? Oh, it's worse to work for them and you're getting paid less. More hours, too. Oh, that's not good. Oh, yeah, I guess you are right. You do need a job to live. Who are you even protecting? If the Bangladeshi people aren't in the building, why do they need a security guy? Just to keep us out, hey? Keep people Mm. like us out. Right. Yeah, because they thought I was dead. Yeah, you wouldn't want dead people coming in. Oh, that's true, too. Pretty scary. Definitely. I hope we still have apartments. Did you pay your rent this month? I paid my rent. The month before we left, but that was over eight, six weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, eight weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we really should have planned ahead. But maybe that's just the lesson this week, right? Is that you should always plan ahead. Just It makes sense that if you're going to plan a six-week trip, if you're going to plan... Pay your rent beforehand and let your employer know. Yes. So people don't think you're dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it takes more than one day to do six weeks worth of rock climbing. Yeah, no, that's another thing we both learned, I think. So we did learn a lot. There wasn't a whole waste. Yeah. 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 And I mean, we can still, I guess, sort of tell people informally Hmm. that that guy's innocent. Yeah, definitely. Hey, before we, um, you know, try to piece back together the ruined remains of our lives, uh, do you want to turn on the radio and just see what these replacements they got for us sound like? Oh, yeah. No, I love listening to radio. Almost as much as I love being on radio as my career. Let's get back in the car. Just on the radio to the network. Pay the subscription fee so that our radio works. Tune to our old network. And... Welcome to Confirmation Bias News Network of Wrongtown, live from Bangladesh. I'm one of our co-hosts, Aaron. And I'm your other co-host, Sean. That's all we have for this week. The by default neoliberal bus driver won the election six weeks ago and we got to the bottom of it. Yeah, absolutely. We learned that you should always tell the truth. And it's important to remember that a six-week trip can't be done in one day. And now I'm going to do a donation ask. The world is a scary place and getting worse all the time. Become a recurring PayPal or Patreon donor and contribute to a culture that can save the world forever and create world peace. For just $6 a month, you get access to bonus content, Google Hangouts with the hosts, and a secret Facebook group. Every donation we get means we can make more content. And we just want to thank all of the people who are already donating from the bottom of our hearts. You all are the best. And now for the final tape. Jeffrey, can you roll the final tape for us, please? Jeffrey, please roll the final tape. Jeffrey, will you roll the tape? Fine. I will get the tape player, wheel it out, plug in the speaker, insert the cassette tape, and play it myself. And I'll press the play button with my finger now. Maybe something's wrong. This morning, knowing I was right.
Pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. They really did a killer job. Hats off to them. You know, I feel like we passed the torch on to worthy successors. Well, I guess it's time to rebuild our broken lives, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Piece by piece. One foot in front of the other. That's what I always say. Next time on Seriously Wrong, Sean and Aaron need 10,000 pizzas. But here's the hitch. They have to make them themselves. <laughs>